Okay, whilst we're sorting out logistics. Um, <laughs> so, um, we all got thrown into this a little bit last minute and are probably all very unprepared, but uh, hopefully it will make some sense to everybody. I'd actually be interested in knowing um, a little bit about the audience first. Uh, who here is more of a developer? Okay, three of you. All right, this is a good start. Okay. <laughs> and who, um, who out of those three, or you can be a non-developer developing in smart contracts, who's actually developing smart contracts? Nobody? This is good, actually. And who's interested in developing smart contracts? Okay, that's better. We've got the right, we've got the right mix here then. Good. So my questions are going to be more aimed at those people, so that's good. Um, cool, we're all here. Um, great. I think I might subtitle this talk also making a white paper a reality, um, somewhat related. So... Firstly, let's start, actually, um, it came up quite a bit in the last talk, and just in case um, people aren't sure what it means, what is a Turing complete language? Anyone want to take that? And we'll see how we go with cables here. I have one. Oh, there's another mic, okay. Maybe this, which one right. want to pass on? <laughs> what is a Turing complete language? Who'd like to take that? Sure, yeah. So I, I, I mean, I'm not a computer scientist, really, but uh, I think it, I would say that a Turing complete language is one that you can you know, implement any other language in. Or you can implement any other language in that, in the Turing complete one. I don't, don't think it's a great definition, but also you can implement a Turing machine, and using a Turing machine, you can implement that language. Also, there's a kind of equivalence between, in the sense that like you can always express anything in a Turing complete language in another Turing complete language, and vice versa. I mean, that's kind of that's all I got. I think it's good definition actually. <laughs> so, well, Turing complete language is uh, uh, such kind of language where you where you can implement whatever you want. So, if you have some idea, you can implement it there. Uh, well, I think it's a bit short-term, maybe simplified uh, definition, but uh, you can implement whatever you want, uh, even if it's some nonsense uh, program like infinite loop and so on. You should be able to implement imp infinite loops in uh, during complete languages. It's one of its definition. Yeah. Okay. We're going to swap mics around here now. Okay, we'll keep this. You, you hold on to that for me. Thank you. Okay, um, so I guess uh, a lot of smart contracts um, have their own form of standards, and maybe the most popular one or the most common is the ERC20 with the Ethereum smart contract and token standards. Um, what? Firstly, are there are there any others, or is that the only one people need to worry about? And what does that actually entail? What does it mean? What does it define? Who would like to take that? Okay, actually, ERC20 is related to Ethereum only, and it's a way to create a token on Ethereum, because you can't create a token uh, on Ethereum without a smart contract. Everything you do on Ethereum is through smart contracts. So you need some type of protocol, some kind of, uh, like, uh, template for token creation. That's what ERC20 is. It's, a, it, it's related only to Ethereum. On other smart contracts platforms, you don't have ERC20. Of course, this is the most successful one, but on the other hand, uh, the problem here is you need this contract only for one thing, uh, for token creation. And uh, there are systems, for example, like uh, 
Waves, BitShares, many others, where tokens are native. Like the, you create a token uh, as a basic um, thing on your network. So you don't need a contract to create a token because tokens are like a basic element of the network. So ERC20 is limited only to Ethereum. And that's why it's like future depends on the future of Ethereum. And, and what, what in, in, in its case, what does it define? Uh, you can take the question if you like, that's fine. Um, what, what does it define? What does it uh, allow you to do? How limiting is it? Uh, it allows you to do many things, but uh, actually what people use it uh, for now is uh, creating a token and doing an ICO. So like 99% of all action on Ethereum is ICO related. So. <laughs> Forgot about Kitties, I think. <laughs> so, no. That was an IKO, so I guess. Um, and so, is there a difference between a smart contract and a token, or is it uh, are they connected uh, to each other so closely that there's no real difference? Uh, for sure, there is a big difference. Uh, I can try to answer. So, Alex uh, told about smart contracts with Sigma language. Uh, I don't remember about tokens there, but it's uh, uh, smart contracts may be useful for different stuff. I already mentioned CryptoKitties, quite an uh, interesting example of you know, smart contracts usage, where people spend millions of dollars to uh, give it to its pet, yeah, virtual pet. Um, uh, but actually, no, as uh, Sasha mentioned, there are different languages. Um, um, in Ethereum, as far as I know, ERC20 is uh, like outdated standard, maybe Vlad know, knows better. Uh, there is a new standard for token creation uh, right now. Uh, it's possible to create possible uh, tokens in uh, Bitcoin, uh, for example, with Bitcoin scripts. There are examples of such tokens. Uh, so, uh, but it's not uh, just about tokens. Uh, it's about everything you want. Uh, it's about uh, building uh, off-chain protocols on top of uh, blockchain. Uh, I'm waiting for Lightning Network. It's quite interesting example. It's about privacy also. Yeah, about uh, this uh, mixing ideas or ring signatures. Uh, who knows how will people use it in a few uh, a few years? Uh, nobody knows. I think uh, CryptoKitties example is uh, quite a new. Uh, uh, I I don't think that a lot of people thought about it like half a year ago. Whenever there's the internet, there is cats. I'm sure someone thought of it a long time ago. <laughs> um, so I may I, I don't know if we should stick with a, with Ethereum just because it's one that more people know or not. But it, it's up to you in your answers and your experience. But how? Let's start with smart contracts. How does someone write a smart contract? Where do you write it? What's the kind of style of the programming language or the scripting language that you use? How does someone actually write a smart contract? Um, if anyone else okay, can... I'll try to answer. Sure. Um, I'm not uh, actually a big expert in uh, writing smart contracts on Ethereum, but uh, as far as I know, it's it has quite rich environments. So there are web uh, uh, scripts and interpreters, yeah. Uh, you use uh, you should use uh, uh, well one of uh, 
supported languages, but the most uh, known is uh, Solidity. Um, so you should learn this language. It's well similar to JavaScript, I think, um, and quite easy. You could go to any uh, website and write some code there, check whether it works. Uh, there is test environment. Uh, I don't remember all the names, uh, unfortunately, of these projects, but uh, you, you can test your smart contract on virtual blockchain, you create your own blockchain to, just to test your um, contracts and so on. Um, so, you know, right now environment I think is quite rich for very young language. Uh, in, um, are, are there any others as well? Does, does, does anyone know of any other alternatives to Solidity on Ethereum as well? Anything that you're using? I mean, I know you, some of you are creating your own, but before that, what were you using? I believe uh, Solidity is number one. Uh, it was uh, Serpent, uh, pretty popular like two years ago. Now it seems to be uh, like totally dead. And about environments, uh, there are some IDEs, uh, even uh, virtual, so you can play with Solidity in your browser. Um, the problem with Solidity, it hides uh, uh, semantics of uh, the virtual machine. And actually, you need to understand the semantics pretty well in order to not to lost your money in the first place. Uh, so, um, uh, bugs like uh, Deo bug when uh, 40 million dollars were stolen, uh, and so on. So, um, actually, this uh, high-level uh, JavaScript-like language, which is uh, super easy to get into, uh, it's hiding uh, well the semantics of the virtual machine. And then uh, it's uh, easy to uh, do things in uh, the very wrong way. Um, and actually, uh, now, in the end of 2017, um, we are just uh, starting to understand, well, <laughs> the dangerous thing, uh, things about um, uh, the semantics of this virtual machine and uh, how do um, the semantics is uh, interacting with uh, solidity layer and so on. So for now, there are some recipes uh, how to uh, write a safe uh, smart contract, as we know now. What does this mean? Uh, what does uh, the smart, uh, safe smart contract mean? Uh, but we don't know about uh, possible uh, future problems, so it's it's quite developing space. I was going to follow up this with another technical question, but you actually brought up quite an interesting uh, kind of point that it feels like to to mention more of a sort of community question. In that, you know, lots of people say the the blockchain space now is basically like the internet was in the late '90s, and I can barely remember that. And I wasn't a developer then, so I can't really remember what that felt like. But um, but at the same time, I wonder, like, for you here and, and anyone else, there are so many uh, constantly new um, blockchain-based frameworks, languages, projects emerging, and everyone is still learning as they go. No one is really an expert. It's very new. What's it like developing these things constantly with everybody watching you? Uh, and, you know, like the Ethereum example was a classic example where a developer, I think, actually just made a mistake and all those tokens were lost. And these things can happen so easily because everyone is doing it so quickly and doing so much. And how does that feel? 
Looks like you want to answer. Vlad, Vlad, maybe the question for you. <laughs> well, I'm not. I'm not a developer, really. I'm. In, I'm. I'm a researcher, um, and I work on the like like blockchain charting solutions and kind of proof of stake like consensus stuff and uh you know definitely the the crypto kitties and uh ICOs doing a lot of transactions puts the pressure on us to like try to get the thing to scale as soon as possible so it does kind of reprioritize things but like I'm not on the front lines like I'm not dealing with my users losing money or my, or um you know consensus critical bugs you know, days before hard forks or any, anything like that. Um, you know, uh, on from, from a research point of view, it's not that bad. Although, you know, it does kind of reprioritize stuff. Okay, I'll try to add a bit. Uh, I absolutely agree with last what I think. And actually now in blockchain, it's um, very difficult to fix your problems. If you wrote um, incorrect smart contract, you lost your money. You can't restore it from backup, you can't roll back. Well, we know some examples of uh, rollback, uh, actually you can, but uh, I think it's the, one, oh, 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 the only example and it will be the only example even in Ethereum. Uh, so, it's, you know, uh, not so easy question, but um, in blockchain you control all your money. It's uh, the main idea that uh, there is no trusted party, there is no uh, some some guy you can go, so some organization you can ask, give me please my money, I forgot my password. If you forgot your password, you, you lose your money. If you write uh, wrote, uh, wrong smart contract, you lose your money. And uh, you know, the uh, value of these uh, contracts is very high. They should be absolutely perfect, uh, very close to perfect uh, to protect uh, uh, millions of dollars actually, yeah. So we know a lot, a lot of examples, uh, mostly from Ethereum, because it's mainly mass adoptive and it allows to write a simple uh, script for, for everyone, uh, how people lose their money, how uh, the money are stolen, they are locked uh, because of deleted contracts and uh, so on. Uh, but actually you can lose your money in, uh, in a lot of blockchains, not just in Ethereum, but uh, Ethereum just allows you to, to write a contract on a high-level language. Uh, you think it's easy to write a, uh, such a contract, but it's difficult to write a, a secure contract in Ethereum. Maybe even it's um, easier to write secure contracts in Bitcoin with uh, Bitcoin script. Uh, I'm not sure, actually. Well, this is a very difficult topic and very important. You, you should really write your programs uh, close to perfect, uh, absolutely so, secure. Actually, this is, I, I actually wrote this down as a question based on something you said in your talk, but anyone else can take it too. Um, you're starting to go there yourself about making uh, smart contracts efficient. I mean, in this kind of day and age of cloud computing, any kind of application needs to be efficient because it does cost money to run it, but a smart contract literally costs money to run it. So how, I mean, I guess this is probably a very big topic, but how do you make a smart contract efficient then? What are, the, what are some of the tactics you've tried anyway? 
Oh, so just uh, throw away uh, everything possible from the blockchain. Uh, this is the best way to have uh, efficient blockchain. Um, so Ethereum uh, is, uh, well, not a perfect example here because you need uh, to execute uh, all the contracts uh, ever entered into the blockchain if you are processing uh, the blockchain from uh, the Jesus block. Uh, also, uh, contracts are living forever. Uh, so there is uh, this uh, suicide command, but uh, this is like, you know, nice command in uh, Linux. So uh, this is nice, but uh, nobody is using it. So uh, the same with um, freeing space in the Ethereum blockchain. And um, actually, uh, it could be a hard problem. So, for example, during uh, attacks on Ethereum uh, in uh, autumn 2016, so uh, one attack uh, done the time was about, uh, so it was about one million accounts in Ethereum, so human-made accounts, human-controlled or smart contracts, and the uh, attacker uh, uh, figured out a way to uh, create uh, contracts for uh, very cheap, almost nothing, and uh, uh, the attacker uh, did create uh, 18 uh, million accounts, and then uh, um, Actually, the same uh, attack was about uh, was against Bitcoin uh, back in 2013. Uh, so you know, this state is went from uh, uh, random access memory on most of machines into hard disk drive, and you know, hard disk drive is uh, still very slow. Uh, there, there is no much progress here since the uh, 80s. So it has a mechanical part, which is uh, crazy slow. And uh, then, you know, uh, when this state is on uh, hard disk drives uh, on most of machines, so attacker is just uh, called uh, random accounts. Uh, and um, uh, then most of network uh, uh, was stuck because of, uh, well, some blocks uh, did require like two minutes uh, to uh, validate uh, on ordinary machine and in Ethereum blocks are coming every 15 seconds so most of network was uh, out of sync uh, the time um, and later the, this problem was fixed uh, with the help of uh, hard fork uh, but now you know very naturally Ethereum got uh, 15 million contracts so uh, who knows uh, whether we will see uh, some problems about uh, this uh, storage or not. So uh, Bitcoin has the same problem uh, back in 2013. Uh, for now, they, they have uh, uh, some more or less efficient um, in-memory storage. Uh, some, uh, well, pretty smart uh, caching strategies, but who knows. And um, you know about uh, Bitcoin uh, block size civil war? So it actually was uh, one uh, argument in the developers community. So if you increase block size, then uh, this uh, uh, state uh, to be held in the random access memory, uh, well, Bitcoin is not storing uh, its fully in random access memory, only uh, most accessed parts of it. So some caching strategies actually pretty smart. Uh, are deployed in uh, the reference implementation client. Um, uh, so uh, the, the problem is that uh, with bigger block size, with uh, well uh, bigger usage of the blockchain, so the state is uh, going to explode. 
potentially, and this is the huge problem. And the, the, there are other problems, well, most of people don't realize, actually. So keeping it simple is even more important. In a, <laughs> so, um, just actually uh, a question that's always intrigued me quite a lot and um, actually a, a couple of friends of myself and one of them is sat right there. We tried to make our own like community token at some point and we got to a certain point where we couldn't figure out what the next steps were. We created a smart contract and then the the... Like you see lots of platforms that use smart contracts at the at the core, but they have other technologies on top of them. And how do you actually integrate a smart contract with other programming languages, um, with a JavaScript front end, with a back end database, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera. How do you actually leverage a smart chain in a in a in a whole application? Are there SDKs that exist, or is it? Uh, API access or uh, yeah it's always been something that's I've been interested to know how do you actually connect it to other things actually uh, the stage is pretty hard to connect Ethereum smart contracts to anything really working because uh, Ethereum is a great platform for like prototyping you can do a prototype of a production system but you can't do a production system because uh, as you know for example CryptoKitties they just are killing the network yeah so you have uh, one successful application on Ethereum and the network is dead. So I, I don't think it's a big problem because Ethereum didn't promise to be like uh, the final solution. It's just the first step towards something bigger and uh, sharding and um, the Casper protocol might change that. So uh, for now you can do prototyping and people have to realize that uh, what Ethereum offers is not the final solution. It's just the first step in the direction of efficient smart contracts. And what you said, that you have to pay for smart contracts, it's valid only for Ethereum, actually. For example, what Sasha proposes is another system where you don't have to pay for the execution. You pay for execution of a smart contract, the same fee that you pay for a normal transaction. So it's a different approach. Uh, what Ethereum did, they... Uh, said that uh, we need to make the language Turing complete, uh, so you can potentially uh, so you need to uh, somehow mitigate um, the chance of creating an infinite loop. So uh, let's uh, make let's help people pay for the transactions, for for the execution of each step of the program, and this way you won't be able to execute an infinite program. Yeah, so because you won't have enough money, but it's a very simple approach. Actually, and uh, this is the first idea that comes to mind, you know. So uh, there are, there, there's going to be other approaches, definitely. So more sophisticated. So this is the first step in the right direction, and uh, more efficient systems are on the way. Unfortunately, we're out of time. I had about 20 other questions I would have loved to have asked, <laughs> but we're out of time. Um, I guess just very, very, very quickly as I thank you and like two seconds <laughs> or five seconds maybe um, what are the developments in the community you would like to see in the next six months just as quickly as you can what would you like to see in the next six months in the blockchain space and community and um, thank you very much as you uh, give me those uh, points yeah uh, I want to see people working on identity systems um, not leak any information about their use on the blockchain like zero information uh, I'm looking for. Uh, I'm, I'm waiting for some uh, good uh, 
protocols on top of blockchain. I'm interested in a Lightning Network. It's quite exciting step. I hope that it will work. I'm not sure about it. We are living in this interesting time that we don't know whether this approach will work or it won't. Um, Radiant Network and Ethereum and so on. So I'm I'm looking for I'm I'm waiting for good. Uh, uh, protocols on top of blockchain, on top of uh, Bitcoin, Ethereum, and others, uh, transactional language. Uh, actually, uh, what we need is some other application of blockchain technology, because now you have open blockchains used for wealth transfer, Bitcoin, and for tokenization of venture investment, ICOs. So like, basically, we have two applications that really work. And we need some other applications. You have so many prototypes, but you need one working application. It can be voting system, can be something else. So let's see what happens next year. So um, I hope uh, we'll found uh, more efficient privacy solutions and uh, also better integration of uh, off-chain and uh, on-chain protocols and better understanding of um, a generic interaction of this part. Thank you. It's a very exciting space. It's a very busy space. And uh, thanks for everyone for, for joining me. <laughs> <laughs>